We are Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance, and we're for the people of Missouri. We're for brewmasters, stockbrokers, beauty queens, and truck drivers. Whatever you do, if you're a Missourian, we're for you. We are Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance, and we've got Missouri covered. Should I shave my head? Comb it over? Wear a hat. Just stop. This isn't 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence. Because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EXPERT to 200-300. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EXPERT to 200-300. That's EXPERT to 200-300. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton. This is the Shane Dennis Show on the new ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Hello, Jack, you got me? I got you now. <laughs> What's going on here? Has it been that long? I, I don't know, man. I had all your, your mic up and your audio good. It, it must have been on your side. I don't know. I didn't hear one bit of the bam, bam. This is a Shane Dennis show. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Well, I got I, nothing. Well, I got you loud and clear now. I'll see what I can do on my side. <laughs> well, try not to do that again tomorrow. I'll try. Uh, I was just getting ready to say, let's see if we can remember how to do this. And then I got, I don't know, 20 Nothing. seconds of dead air. Yeah, just totally Oh, it silence. was playing. I got it recorded over here, so it probably didn't sound weird to the listeners, just you. All right, we're going to find out. 247-0923. Textures, did that sound normal to you and I was just laying out, or did you hear nothing like, like crickets like I did? 316-247-0923. We're going to get to the bottom of this and... And uh, burn Jack and effigy now that we're all back together. All right. Today is Monday. It's episode 674. Here's how you can be part of the show. Uh, the hotline. I already gave you the text line, but you can call us. Uh, you might want this stowed away in your phone when we give away stuff. And that's today. We're going to give some stuff away today. 316-669-4996. Text line. 316-247-0923. I'm back. Jack's back. We're both back together. So there's that here on a Monday. We'll tell you uh, how you can enjoy. I heard just music, but no Shane. Okay. That's on you, Jack. It must be, man. It must heard be. Heard the I'll, intro, it won't and I didn't again. hear anything. <laughs> it will not happen again. I, mark right, my if words. it does, all right, if it does, just text me, go. Okay. And then okay, that way it. it won't. I have totally won't, failed you guys. <laughs> won't be super awkward at the beginning of the show. Although that's kind of maybe part of the fun. Uh, tell your smart speaker to play KKGQ 92.3. That's us. ESPNWichita.com on the stream. If you want to re-listen to that 
little awkward 20-second beginning of EP674. It's easily foundable. And once we're done, Jack will put it up there, ESPNWichita.com. All of our talk shows, every word is on the podcast. Go there and check it out after the shows are done, ESPNWichita.com. 92.3 FM on your radio when you're in your car or on your uh, in your jam box, your transistor. Follow us on Twitter or X. Be our friends on Facebook. We're at our Riverfront Stadium studio. Good to be back. It's February 26th, 57th day of the year, 309 days left in 2024. And believe it or not, we're headed for a high today of 76 degrees in Wichita. It's going to be even warmer tomorrow. So fight the urge to play hooky or play hooky for all I care. But listen to us from noon to four at the very least with this show and Jack noon to two and Pat's show. The pulse is what it's called from two to four. So check us out any way that you can and text us. We'll answer 316-247-0923 if it's semi-on topic and there are no swear words in it. Uh, I'll lay out the show for you here in a second. We've got, um, well, of course, big weekend to recap the best we can here in the next couple of hours. But we heard early, early from Jack, and we always do in this segment, maybe not quite that early, but here he comes back again for our moment of levity here on a Monday. Shane, I bought a Christmas tree today, and the guy asked me if I was going to put it up myself. I said, no, I'll probably put it in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's two goldfish in a tank, and one looks at the other and says, you know how to drive this thing? <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, even if you didn't think it was. Today is February 26th. Listen up. Because we can all follow suit here. National set a good example day. All right, I got a texter that said that she didn't get either joke. My joke, they were in a tank. And the goldfish didn't know how to drive a tank. Get that one? And I'll text you Jack's joke <laughs> here in a second. Because I'm not going to repeat can't, it. Can't but, really, uh, not PG really describe yeah. it over the air. Yeah, yeah. It's a national set a good example day. National letter to an elder day. National ter- uh, tell a fairy tale day. And national pistachio day. February 26th. The Palace Theater in London in 1909 introduced the public to Kinemacolor with a showing of 21 short films. That was in 1909, creating the process for adding color to film. Birthdays, 1802, Victor Hugo. Uh, 1829, Levi Strauss. And two big-time music birthdays that we'll hear later on. When we come back from break, that's what we've decided to do to incorporate some 
cool uh, Born or Dead Days in Music and honoring them. And we'll do that coming up at around 1225. Speaking of, prior to, we got some shocker sports to catch you up on from over the weekend. It was a really busy, well, as you shocker fans know, it's a really busy time of the year and you kind of have to pick your spots a little bit because some of the sports are going on at the same time. You got baseball, you got softball, you got men's and women's basketball still going. And uh, that was a reason for my absence last week because of baseball in Jacksonville. Uh, but we'll give you a little uh, shocker sports update uh, and we'll delve into that a little bit deeper in the one o'clock hour, too. Also, I will uh, get Jack's thoughts on some early takeaways from surprise now that the Royals are playing games. Uh, Jack, of course, was down there a couple of weeks ago, a week and a half ago or so, when it came to full squad get-togethers, pitchers and catchers reporting, and then did they play inter-squad games Were you there, Jack? Uh, no, no inter-squad games uh, while okay. I was down there. So you didn't see any actual games, and now that they're going, we'll uh, we'll bounce some ideas off each other at twelve twenty-five. Also, uh, the Hunter Renfro latest uh, Q talked about that fairly recently. For those wondering why he hasn't played yet, so we'll talk a little Royals coming up at twelve twenty-five. Uh, since I was on one most of last night, we got a plane Twitter question. I actually was on two, uh, but we've got an airplane Twitter question when it comes to flying. At, uh, at ESPN Wichita. We will have some Brian Green audio after the Shocker baseball team wrapped up the Jacks College Baseball Classic against three heavyweights. We'll hear from him what he thought his team uh, took away from the weekend down in Jacksonville. Also, the very latest from softball. They played a bunch of games down in Fayetteville, Arkansas to mostly good results and there has been an announcement when it comes to a not a makeup game but an added game wednesday so there's been a development there that i'll tell you about coming up in the one o'clock hour and we think and hope that we can get matt tate on like we normally do on a monday he's our jayhawk insider got jayhawk men's and women's basketball to talk to him about as KU men easily dispatched of Texas and the Jayhawks hanging around the top three with a handful of games left to go in the Big 12 conference season before the tournament cranks up here in a couple of weeks in KC. So we'll have a little Jayhawk talk with Matt Tate. He's brought to you by Super Pools. One way or another, we'll talk about the Jayhawks in hour number two. And we hope it'll be with Matt Tate. He's waiting around on a couple of things in his schedule. So we'll circle back with him a little over an hour from now. And if he's down, we'll talk to him. And then I'm old Jack Young with the band all back together again. February 26 goings on in the world of sports as far as events, born and dead days, like we normally do. In the last segment of the show, then Pat will be here and we'll have a little crosstalk, see what's going on with him and get you ready for the pulse from two to four uh, without revealing everything. He's scheduled to have a good interview that y'all might not want to miss. That's coming up in the pulse. Also, he might 
I'd say better than 50-50 chance, have some Paul Mills audio in the aftermath of the overtime loss against Temple. So check out the Pulse with Pat with that. All right, there you go. There's your show. That's how you can be involved. 316-247-0923. Please shoot me a text. Speaking of the basketball game yesterday, another, mm, how do I describe this? I'm going to say gut punch, but after a series of them, you kind of expect them. Uh, it doesn't take your breath away as quite as much. doesn't make it any easier. It still hurts. But the initial gut punch or two really lay you out flat. But when it's a recurring theme, then maybe that falls under another category. Well, yesterday, Shockers took on Temple, who had a similar record in the American which is to say not very many wins. It was a long time coming for Temple's return to Wichita after the Shockers went to Philly and fell behind big, came way back, uh, all the way back to tie it up, only to lose in Philadelphia. Well, the tables were turned a little bit yesterday as Wichita State led by 10 at halftime, led by 12 late in the first half, 10 at half. But couldn't throw it in the ocean in the second half. Couldn't grab a rebound when they needed one. And couldn't make free throw when they needed to. Just more of the same stuff that you would have thought that Wichita State would have gotten figured out by this point, especially at home. Now, the home crowds aren't quite, quite what they used to be. But for those that have gone this year, it's still a spirited crowd especially when things are going good for Wichita State. And they were in the first half. You had that synergy between Bijan Cortez and Quincy Ballard uh, kind of making a little comeback again after a couple of weeks ago. Those two guys kind of burst upon the scene with each other with the high pick and roll against Florida Atlantic. Well, they kind of carried that over to yesterday. And then Harlan Beverly had a, a really good effort play that, Got the crowd going. I think it sent Wichita State on a 9-0 run or something like that uh, for Ronnie DeGray three-pointer. But anyway, they were up 37-25. Things were looking good. Had a 10-point lead at the break. And then they missed 13 of their first 14 shots in the second half, which, let's be clear, that happens. Uh, now, shot selection notwithstanding, sometimes you're going to go cold. But Temple went cold, too. And they were 3 for 16 when Wichita State was one for 14. But by the time 11 minutes elapsed in the second half, Temple had tied the game. And if you fancy yourself to even be a good team or an above-average team, you don't let a 10-point lead at home slip away. But thinking back in my mind's eye when I saw the final score, I mean, Wichita State, not only have they had first-half big leads or first-half or halftime leads of double figures, they've done that multiple times on the road that they let slip away, which is tougher to, still tough to stomach, and you don't expect it, but 
you at least in the back of your mind realize, well, the, the, the other team's going to have a run in them, and they're going to get their home crowd, no matter how big or small, into it. Uh, and th- they're going to give you a run. How do you combat it? How do you withstand it is, is the question, especially when you're on the road. I think it also happened at USF. Shockers were up on USF in Tampa before they got off the mat and came roaring back. Well, Temple did it. And the problem is two problems. It was Temple, and it was in Wichita. And beyond that, all right, you let the 10-point lead disappear altogether and go to overtime. And you think, all right, we can regroup. we got five minutes to close this out. And after scoring first, 30 seconds later, Temple scored and never trailed again. So you talk about that game going over like a lead balloon. That was a, like I said, going back to the beginning of the segment, fill in the blank. What was that, Shocker fans? If you had to sum it up in one word or two words like I wanted to with the gut punch thing, what do you call that? What do you call losing in overtime after leading by 10 at home against a team that's won um, as infrequently as you have? 72-66, the final as the Shockers drop a decision in overtime. They fall to 11-17 and overall, 3-2 and in the league, 0-2 in overtime games, and both of those... We're at home. One of the texts said, very disappointed. That's pretty succinctly put. Yeah, you expect to win that game. And Vegas, if you're into that, Vegas expected Wichita State to win this game. Another texter said, this year I call it business as usual. Unfortunately, yeah. Big leads by Wichita State. Pretty high-level, uh, efficient play. For extended periods, but not for all 40 minutes. And the the, the free throw shooting, and I guess I don't want to get started on that because I got a lot of thoughts on a bad free throw shooting teams or performances. So I'll leave that alone. I mean, I'm not, I know a lot of fans are like, don't they shoot free throws? Don't they work on their free throws? Yeah, they do. They do. I'm not even going to open that can of worms. I'm, kind of opening the jar a little bit, but it's not for lack of practice. When teams miss layups, it's not that they never work on layups in practice or close-in shots that are guarded. They they work on them. They work on free throws. They run down and backs and down and backs and then shoot free throws. They do all that stuff. But the killer and the disappointing part which also happened, in my opinion, at ECU, if you can think back to that game, is the lack of toughness in grabbing a defensive rebound. Wichita State has not exhibited a guy or guys consistently that will really mix it up down low and make sure on a missed shot that their hands are going to be on the ball. Temple got 22 offensive rebounds. And Wichita State was minus eight in the rebounding category. And with the second half opening like it did, like I said, where Wichita State missed 13 of their first 14 shots 
and Temple missed 13 of their first 16. There were plenty of shots to be had. And if you grab your share of defensive rebounds, Wichita State, then that 10-point lead is at least going to be protected to some extent. But it wasn't, and eventually Temple tied the game with 11-15 into the second half, so it took them about a point a minute, and they got there, and then eventually made the plays down the stretch to get the game at overtime, and Wichita State with a a head-scratcher. Maybe that's what I'll land on, head-scratcher. Jack, if your team has a 10-point halftime lead and lets it all slip away and you go to overtime – and then you lose by six in overtime, that is a what? What is that? Um, I, I think you can call that not as harsh as a collapse. Uh, mm, I, I would that's probably, not terrible. It's close that's, to a collapse. That's I, a semi-collapse, yeah. Semi-collapse might be the best word for it, just because I think you know 10 points in college basketball, you always hear when teams are down big in the first half, right? It's like, get this to 10 points by halftime, yeah. and you'll give yourself a chance. That's why I, w- like, I think like a 20-point lead or a 15-20-point to 15 to 20 point lead, like that's a collapse to me. You get in the 10-point range, I'd say semi-collapse, not as mild as let one slip away. That's like leading by five with you know two minutes to go. You mm-hmm. let one slip away. But we saw this also, too, with... Wichita State in Florida Atlantic. Remember that overtime game? The Owls won by double digits in that yeah, game in did. overtime. I don't know if it's, you know, the the energy isn't as high that late or they're gassed or something like that, but it's inexcusable. Uh, to well, not and only- the problem is both of them came at home. Yes. So any kind of gas that you ran out of, the fans yes. are, in theory, there for you to carry you over the hump. Yeah. And that's where you look at the difference here of Florida Atlantic being a team that got to the Final Four, was seconds away from being in the national championship game last year, then return basically their entire team. Temple's a team you can't lose to regardless. I don't care if it's at home, it's Mm -hmm. away. I don't care if it was a tight game, it was a blowout. There's no way, shape, and form you should lose to a Temple team like that. And that's the frustrating part because you and I have both discussed this, Shane, about Paul Mills. I think he's building something in a positive way at Wichita State. But unfortunately, in years like this, year one, it's not linear to me. It's not like it's, okay, you hang with a really good team. That means you're just going to beat up on the bad teams. Now, you'd like it to be linear like that, but the reality is when you have a portal team, when you have a lot of young guys getting minutes that maybe aren't as experienced, this goes across college basketball. It's not that that great sort of uh, linear line that you could think it is. I know this is kind of a bad comparison, but in terms of building up a program, we saw this with, you know, K-State and Jerome Tang. We also saw this with, like, Lance Leipold at Kansas. Mm -hmm. There were times that they'd have this really competitive, you know, game, and then all of a sudden, a week later, they get thrashed by somebody. Now, Jerome Tang, different because he got to the Elite Eight. But I remember last year, there was a time that, you know, he beat Texas and Baylor back-to-back. Then they got their butts whooped by, like, Oklahoma and Norman. And everybody's like, where the hell did that come from? That's just year one stuff. And I think we're seeing that with Paul Mills, that you can have great games, like the one they had against Florida Atlantic, forcing that game to go in overtime, leading, leading Memphis late on the road. And then you're going to have stinkers like this, where it just you can't really explain it other than it's going to take some time to build this thing up. Yeah, and, and that brings into uh, the conversation, what's his team look like next year? Uh, not to totally jump to next year, but let's be honest, 11 and 17, 3 and 12 in the league, at least one eye is on to the future. And by my count, you've got two seniors, and 
the improvement that needs to be made, it begs the question, what is this team look like when it, when the attrition dust is all settled? Um, there are a couple to a handful of guys that you wonder if they will be back. You wonder if they will want to be back. Uh, with the transfer portal, has anybody in theory gotten their hooks into a guy like Colby Rogers? Will he be back? So there's a real question on what this roster looks like and how many of these guys that are on the team right now will stay intact or stay on the team uh, if, in fact, they want to. And I'm not suggesting Paul Mills run anybody off. I don't know if he's got that in the back of his mind, like I, like he would, and I'm putting myself in his shoes, like I would strongly suggest you go somewhere else because the minutes just aren't going to be there for you this year because we've got this person and this person coming in, and you would be behind this person. This Exit interviews happen uh, every year with every coach, with all of, his, all of their teams, and these things are being dis- discussed. It's just real life. And now with the transfer portal, uh, it brings it, you know, it really slams that reality home to not only players, but the fans. And the fans, I think, generally don't want to hear it because they get tired of the big turnover year after year, even without graduation. But here we are. There's nothing we can do about it, and we're not putting the paste back in the tube. So with that all being said, and I know it's wild speculation, but you just wonder what this roster will look like and who the shockers as far as the coaching staff is concerned, could do without next year or really want to have back next year. And that would take a whole hell of a lot of truth serum for all of them uh, to ingest and then tell us about during a an interview, which they would never do. But everybody has to have their eye on the future now more than ever. When you have to, the players that you want to have come back, you got to re-recruit them all the time, not even uh, getting to the, the off season. You sometimes I'm sure have to feel like you got to reach them and re-recruit them during the season to make sure they're happy. If you're happy with them. Um, I had a fairly prominent uh, shocker supporter uh, text me and said, in essence, that the team can't execute once there's a little pressure on them. And my response back was he'll go get some dudes that can meaning Paul Mills. And whether that's replacing guys on this current roster that stick around and have other incoming recruits pass them up because they can make winning plays down at the end, or if the roster shakeup uh, happens yet again because of, like I said, attrition, Paul Mills wants his own guys. Let's not forget that he is entitled to, now that it's his program, bring in his guys, recruit his, quote, his kind of guys. And whatever that looks like, we're all going to find out together. But in the meantime, each and every 10-point lead that Wichita State lets get away or lets slip through their fingers uh, gets no less frustrating. And there was another example of it yesterday at the Roundhouse when Temple snuck out with an overtime win. All right, more Shocker Talk coming up in hour number two. Uh, we'll shift the baseball and softball coming up at 1 o'clock as they had some somewhat mixed results, but generally good between the two hardball clubs. Christy Breadbender's team went down to Fayetteville, Arkansas, 
uh, Brian Green's team went down to Jacksonville. We'll hear from and talk about those teams and send out some kudos to a couple of different players from both softball and baseball teams as uh, they did battle in pretty high um, high leverage situations pretty much all weekend and high pressure and all that stuff. They, they were both tested, so I'll have my thoughts at 1 o'clock. At 12.45 or so, a Twitter question like we normally do, and we hope to have Matt Tate about an hour from now to talk KU, brought to you by Super Pools, as the men and women both had big wins. KU women won the Sunflower Showdown, and the KU men throttled Texas at home like they normally do. So we'll talk Jayhawks coming up in an hour from right now. But coming up next, we've got just a handful of games and a really small sample size to look at. But what do the Royals look like already? And what are our takeaways from the first handful of innings? They don't really count, but they kind of count. And how's Hunter Renfro doing? We'll check that out when we come back. Shane and Jack with you here on a Monday. It's 1227. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. Your home's in your hands. You build it. You can save thousands of dollars building your dream home remodeling your kitchen or bath, making your home more accessible as you age, or creating a new garage, barn, or workshop. UBuildIt has been helping homeowners save money for over 30 years. Using the UBuildIt system, you can choose your budget, who designs your renovations, and how involved you want to be in the process. Call or text now, 316-260-2044. Your home's in your hands. UBuildIt. Get ready for an adrenaline-packed weekend. The 67th Annual NAIA Men's Wrestling National Championship is coming to Hartman Arena February 29th through March 2nd. Witness the nation's top wrestlers battling for glory. Don't miss out on the action. Mark your calendars February 29th through March 2nd. For more information and tickets, go to HartmanArena.com. Join us at Hartman Arena for the wrestling showdown of the year. Proudly presented by Visit Wichita. Do you love your neighborhood but hate your home? Do you want to remodel your home but don't know where to start? Working with the design and construction team at Pinnacle Homes may be the answer. Our team will help you figure out how to make your space functional and beautiful. Call us today to remodel your whole home, kitchen, bathroom, or even to add a room onto your home. Are you ready to get started? Go to our website at remodelerswichita.com and book a consultation today. Pinnacle Homes, it's time that you love your home again. This segment is brought to you by KDOT. As your speedometer creeps up, so does your risk of crashing. Don't try to save time speeding. Save a heartbreak by driving safely and make it there in one piece. Hello, this is Ben Farha with Farha Roofing. Our team of professionals would like to secure your home or business in 2024. If you have concerns regarding roofing, call Farha Roofing or visit farharoofing.com. Whether it's repair, service, or replacement, Farha Roofing is the team for you. Call Farha Roofing or visit us at farharoofing.com. Farha Roofing, we rise above the rest. 
Spring training is underway and baseball season is coming. Opening day for the Wichita Wind Surge is April 5th and tickets go on sale February 29th at Riverfront Stadium and online at windsurge.com. Suites, hospitality, and group tickets are on sale now. Call 316-221-8000. Get ready for all the excitement of Wind Surge Baseball. A full slate of promotions, fireworks, giveaways, and much more coming to the ballpark. Get ready for baseball April 5th. Visit windsurge.com and listen to every game on ESPN Wichita 92.3. Normally, tip our caps to people like this, but it's Michael Bolton. He's seventy-one. So, happy birthday to Michael Bolton, not to Michael Bolton from uh, Office Space, but uh, the long-haired one. He of the songwriting and song performing fame, and a little bit of acting too. Happy birthday, Michael Bolton. He's seventy-one. Twelve thirty-one. Text us if you want to, 316-247-0923. Weigh in on the Twitter question, will you? Because everybody, hold your roll, texter. I'm aware of whose birthday it is. Just be patient. You know who you are out there. Uh, text us if you have thoughts on the airplane Twitter question. At ESPN Wichita. Go to X, Twitter, vote, repost, and text if you have a better one than the four that I have up there. A little bit of Royals talk now. It has been a long time since Jack and I spoke about said Royals. This dates all the way back to when Jack and Seren were down at spring training watching, well, for the most part, just getting some cool audio and sound for us and interviews, but watching just workouts, BP, which... Some of that's good, especially at this time of the year. You take what you can get. Uh, but then it's a little teeny tiny baby step from full squad workouts and PFP and BP to actual balls and strikes, uh, umpires being out there, fans being in the stands. And we're finally there after the opener on Friday against the Rangers. Uh, went the way of the world champs, five to four. But we had a Drew Waters home run. Uh, mo- most recently, had a Cole Reagans couple of innings. You had Vinny P coming back, and you had a lot of those new guys that the Royals acquired in the off season get their feet wet, and we'll get a look at them. Not necessarily in spots where they're going to be all the time, but in some cases, yeah. But after a couple of games in, I think the one of the takeaways, one of the and takeaways may be a little strong, but we got to see Daniel Lynch again. And I know I'm guilty of this probably more than, well, way more than Jack because I'm old Jack Young. But I'm, I'm telling you, man, when... Vinny Pasquantino gets hurt when Daniel Lynch gets hurt when Chris Bubich gets hurt and they're out of the lineup for a significant period of time. 
I got to be re-reminded that they're still on the team. And that's kind of tongue-in-cheek, kind of joking, kind of not, but the business of baseball, life goes on without you, Daniel, Chris, Vinny. And I know they all realize that, and it was made painfully obvious, pardon the pun, on MLB.com with Pasquantino that he was just, and he's no different really than anybody else, he was so miserable and so chomping at the bit and so like couldn't watch the games, couldn't bring himself to watch some of the games when he was hurt and rehabbing and going through his shoulder issue that that he went through. I'm sure it's the same way with Daniel Lynch and his shoulder and Chris Bubich and his elbow. Now, as far as Bubich is concerned, he was moved to the 60-day DL because not much is expected of him until midway through the season to begin with. But when those three guys were gone and you knew they were on the shelf, like I said, I'm, I'm guilty of it. A, when they come back, it's like, oh, yeah, forgot, forgot Royals had him. Well, they're all back. Well, Bubich isn't back, but two of the three of them are back. And Daniel Lynch threw a scoreless inning after being limited just 52 innings last year. Friday's game was his first action since July. Um, now, I'm not going to make any judgments whatsoever off, the, off of one inning, so I'll just won't even bother boring you with that. Jack can if he wants to, if he wants to knee-jerk. Uh, he's a young kid. He's in, entitled to do that. I'm old, so I'm not going to. That is, unless something really cool happens, and then I'll be more than happy to jump in with both feet. But to me, nothing really, really uh, happened over the weekend besides Jack, a handful of those relievers, trying to make their case with a big club in a high-leverage type of role. Matt Sauer, Tyler Duffy, Jake Brents. Brents is another one of those guys. It was like, oh, yeah, I forgot Jake Brents was still around. Uh, he faced six batters uh, after his rehab from Tommy John and a lat strain. And, boy, if he could ever link it back all together again, Brents would be almost like acquiring a new lefty to come out of the pen. But main, the main takeaways for me were – those four injured guys, including Bubich, who's we're not going to see for a while, but the three of the four injured guys trying to make their case. Uh, Vinny doesn't have to make his case, let's be honest. But Lynch kind of does. Brent's kind of does. And when we get there, Chris Bubich kind of does or kind of will. And we'll have to wait and see on him. And then... The news on Friday that Carlos Hernandez dealing with some shoulder soreness. Um, and despite the Royals expecting six or seven appearances from him before the end of spring training, according to Annie Rogers on MLB.com, he'll be a guy definitely worth monitoring, not because he's coming off injury, but he's had such a seismic last couple of years in Kansas City with a really high ceiling, but kind of no clue what you're going to get out of him. Jack, the floor is yours after a couple of games and your boy Cole Reagans, who's going to start opening day, whether you like it or not, 
what did you think about the who they play and beat one to nothing? The Reds? Uh, it was Angels. 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 Angels yesterday. What do you think about the Angels and the Rangers games? Yeah, I, I mean, of course, at the end of the day, it's about reminding yourself over and over again, stats don't mean anything. Uh, I remember vividly, uh, this one story always stuck out to me. Like James Shields, we used to get roughed up in spring training because he'd go in there like only throwing fastballs or only throwing change-ups. Yeah. Just because it's like, okay, I need to work on this, I want to work on this. The veterans are going to do that. Now, not every player treats it like that in spring training. Of course, the guys that are fighting for spots, they need to play well to either showcase themselves in front of another team or to make this actual roster. Uh, but for the Royals, what I love is there's not many spots to be won. Uh, there's not many you know position battles. And I absolutely despise position battles because it goes back to like fall camp with quarterback controversy. You don't have two quarterbacks. You've got no quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. If, if the gap is that small between your starter and the bench guy, you don't really have a good spot at whatever position it may be. So that's why when people ask me about, oh, I would put Waters over Isbell, I'm like, no, pick one and move on. Pick one and move on, and then you fight for bench spots at that point. It shouldn't be fighting for a, a spot in the rotation. shouldn't be fighting for a spot. And uh, the bullpen's a little bit different. Those guys can be interchangeable. But for one through nine in the rotation, those spots seem to be locked in for me. So at that point, I'm just evaluating velocity and stuff. That is absolutely it. I do not care about anything else. How many hits you give up, how many uh, you know runs you give up, it really doesn't matter. I hope you're healthy, velocity's good, and command's good. Grinky did that kind of stuff back in the day, too. Yes. He'd just work on stuff and get lit, and he yeah. didn't care. <laughs> and it, yeah, yeah, of course, and it didn't matter, right? I've seen too many times where a Royals player has played well in spring or played poorly, and it's the flip side of the regular season. Because guys are just, they're working on stuff. They're trying to tinker with some stuff, or they're just getting into the flow of baseball. Like, it's no different than just a practice squad scrimmage. It is no different whatsoever. But again, yesterday, it's hard not to look at what Cole Reagans did and go, damn, I mean, <laughs> this is not just good stuff for a starter. This is stuff that nobody else has in baseball. Now, I understand you know, there, there's some concern of a guy that's had two Tommy Johns, though it really was one Tommy John and then there was a setback. So that's that's the common mistake with Cole Reagans. People will tell you all the time, oh, he had two Tommy John surgeries. No, it was one, and then he had a setback with it. Uh, but the stuff he showed yesterday, I remember when I was a uh, sophomore, I think, and I was you know, playing an inter-squad scrimmage for varsity, and we had a kid named Miller Hogan who got who played St. Louis, and then he got drafted by the Rays, I think it was. And when he was a senior, he's throwing 95, and I went up there as a 14-, 15-year-old, and I reached on catcher's interference, thankfully, but I couldn't even see the ball. I mean, I it was so impossible for me to hit that, and my swings looked exactly like the way the Angels hitters yesterday looked on Cole Reagans. Behind. They were they were miles behind them. Mm-hmm. Like, everyday players. Trout looked behind. Rendon looked behind. Hicks looked behind. Um, I'm uh, Zach Neto looked behind. And this last pitch that Cole Reagans threw topped out at 101 miles an hour with 20 inches of induced vertical run. I saw that. That's ridiculous. That is not human. Well, let's just call it. It's not human. That is the most unhittable pitch you could have. There were closers like Johan Duran and Felix Bautista that had stuff like that. Not a starter. So I can understand, too, the fear of some fans, just Royals fans being the doomsday preppers of, oh, well, <laughs> if he's throwing that hard in spring, he's going to get hurt. Look, I think at this point, this is what Cole Reagan's throws. Like, he's just going to be one of those high-velocity guys. He wasn't 
hitting 101 every single pitch. But when he wants to reach back and throw it, he can. And I think that he knew it was his last pitch of the day, and he's like, I'm going to let it eat here. Uh, mm-hmm. But he was sitting, uh, Mark Gubaza of the Angels broadcast was like, he's sitting 98-99 on most of these pitches. And I just think that's what he sits at. He may, you know, from time to time in the fourth, fifth, and sixth inning get down to like 96, 97. But you're exactly right, Shane. Now, I've come 180 on this. If you've got a starter that's throwing 101 at times with that type of vertical run, there's no reason to make him a number two or number three. And the only reason you'd have is, well, he's never done it before. He's never been a number one. So... Well, what is I mean? Why do we always think? And this is also my fault as well. Why do we always think young guys don't want to take that spot? Like, why do we always assume it's like a pressure thing of, oh, please don't make me the number one, or please don't make me the opening day starter? I need to ease myself into a spot. And this, like this. sounds stupid, but I think it needs to be pointed out. Uh, mark that. Uh, the only time you're the number one is on opening day. After that, it's just your turn. Yes. So that, that's kind of where I would where I would leave that. I am still baffled at what the Royals unlocked and what the Rangers couldn't unlock with this guy. And I guess I'll just leave that there because I'm sure the Rangers are asking themselves the same thing. Absolutely, and I I asked myself this this morning um, because I thought it would be like a good segment idea of like what's the best thing to happen to the Royals with this team. Right, and I think the the average fan would say, "Well, it's Bobby Wood Jr. Right, he's a superstar. Mm-hmm. He's shown he's a superstar. He's locked in for life." Here's my debate, and, and if Cole Reagans actually stays healthy and becomes this Cy Young dark horse candidate, Bobby Wood Jr. certainly changed the franchise, but he was also a second overall pick. Not yeah. to take anything away from him, like he was from the. It was impossible for the Royals to screw that up. It was Rutschman or Bobby Wood Jr. There was no other can't miss guy. In the class, it was everybody said leading up to that draft. It was Bobby Wood Jr. and Rutschman. Everybody else, they can be good, but these guys are going to be good. Kind of like being second in your fantasy draft. Yes, Who, whoever falls to me, I'm going <laughs> to take him and not worry about it. It's a great Same spot way. to be in. There's no yeah. pressure, and it's like, oh, they took Rutschman. Okay, it's Bobby Wood Jr. Yep. And when I look with Reagan's and what he was in Texas and what he's slowly becoming, right? Back to the number one spot of people saying, including myself back then, it was, oh, don't make him the number one. On MLB Network, they're talking about him being a top three finisher in the Cy Young and a dark horse to lead the league in strikeouts. You don't think he hears that? You don't think he sees that? Why would he look at that and go, well, I probably want to be a number two, though. I don't want that type of pressure. The pressure's already there. Whether he likes it or not, the pressure's there. And I look at this situation and the scenario for him. If he becomes this 200-inning guy, he throws 98, 99, 100. You know, kind of becomes that what Zach Granke was for a while or the stuff of what Jordano Ventura had. But I think right now he's got better stuff than Jordano ever had. If he becomes that, he changes the landscape of the Royals because how they acquired him is very doable for the Royals moving forward, right? They got a rental 36-year-old reliever in Chapman clearly unlock something in him. The Rangers feel good about the trade because they won a World Series, right? It kind of goes back to if you do win the World Series and you gave up pieces, hey, it was worth it in the end. Mm -hmm. But you look at how the Royals got him with this new regime, new front office, new scouts, and Cole Reagans goes from throwing 93-94 out of the bullpen for Texas and then immediately ramps it up for the Royals. You go, damn. I mean, it's not like Cole Reagans was this unicorn that everybody was going for. Everybody nope. could have acquired Cole Reagans. I wasn't that high on Cole Reagans when they traded for him because I'm like, 
what's that special about him? Like, his velocity's not that high. Numbers aren't that good. What do they see in him? And then all of a sudden, we found out what they saw in him. And I actually talked to a couple of people down in Surprise about those trades they made with, uh, it was Nelson Velasquez, Cole Reagans, and James MacArthur. And it was uh, somebody that told me, and the way they broke it down, they were like, Nelson Velasquez, that trade was purely eye test. Like a scout was, they didn't even go through like the analytical part or the, the data part. It was, I saw this guy, he's got immense power. I think we want to make a trade for him. James MacArthur was purely analytical. It was their data team um, going in there. I, I believe it was, oh, man, who was? Uh, Max, his last name. Uh, Seren Petra has him on a couple of times. I'm blank. Mm. He's the head of the analytical department for the Royals. Like it was uh-huh. their team going, this James MacArthur kid, elite curveball, the date is going to play, go after and get him. And then for Reagans, it was 50 50. It was like the eye test of the scout said, this kid is really damn good. He's just not being noticed enough. And then half of it was he's got the spin rate. He's got the velocity that's going to play. He's got a slider that can work. He's got a changeup that we can teach him how to throw. And I think that 50-50 wheelhouse is good for this Royal Scouting Department because I think for a long time, Shane, it was all eye test. It was this guy looks the part, and it was the old yeah. school way of thinking. But I'm not sure the old Royals regime finds a Cole Reagans because— They're not selling jeans anymore, Jack. No, they're not selling jeans anymore. <laughs> and I, what I saw with Cole Reagans yesterday, I mean— you knew this months ago, and I, I was slow to come around on it. There's no reason this guy can't be the number one. If he's healthy, come out of camp. Hell, if they wanted to just bubble wrap him right now, I've seen enough. I don't need yep. this. I don't need to yep. see another outing after what I saw yesterday. And the fact that it was five Ks and no walks and the the three hits he gave up, all three were bloops. I'm like, hell, if he wanted to, if he was really locked in, he would have had six strikeouts and not even blinked an eye. Yeah. Like he was work. He threw a three-two changeup to Aaron Hicks to his first batter. I'm like, how do you even hit that? How do you prepare for that when you're sitting on 99-100 and they dice you up with a circle change at 86? Like, there you can't touch that. And that's why the Royals have something truly special here. And people are now talking about it. I don't think it's a matter of oh, if he's the same, he is the same guy. It's a matter of health at the end of the day. I saw uh, kind of sort of uh, two top 15 picks in the upcoming MLB draft, one uh, with my own eyeballs and another on the highlights, of course, and I'm sure you saw uh, the kid from Arkansas, Hagen Smith. See what he did over the weekend? I did. (laughs) 17 punch-outs in six innings for Arkansas against Oregon State. So it's not like they played Coppin State. And a kid named Brody Brechty, right-handed pitcher from Iowa, who's projected to go in the top ten. Uh, both of those guys will be available for the Royals. We don't have to get into the weeds there. But Brody Brechty is a guy who's wild, but he's got a huge arm. Uh, struck out 11 Auburn players in six innings. And he just basically waited him out and then lit up a Iowa bullpen to beat them. But Brody Brechty and Hagen Smith both projected to be in the top 15 in the MLB, MLB draft. Both, uh, both college pitchers, Brechty's right-handed. Hagen's left-handed, uh, but man. And then you got, uh, did you see, well, this is a random mock draft. Has the Royals taken Jack Caglione, the two-way player from Florida, who hits bombs as a position player, hit 33 last year, and he's got a 70-grade fastball as a 6'5 left-hander. So it'll be interesting what the Chief, uh, the Chiefs, what the Royals hone in on, maybe not one particular guy, but a position, what they're looking for. 
uh, in the upcoming draft, which is a long ways away. And uh, But one thing that isn't a long way away is the regular season. We're closing in on it. We'll have plenty more Royals talk coming up in a little bit. I want to remind you that nobody does happy hour like Twin Peaks, whatever your preference. They've got everything from tequila cocktails and extensive bourbon category to top-shelf spirits and cocktails and served over ice balls, too. Local craft beers, handcrafted whiskey cocktails, round out an adventurous drink menu, second to none. And don't forget about those 29-degree man-sized draft. Twin Peaks, east or west, speaking of, we'll be out at Twin Peaks West on Friday. So come join us from noon to four then. Twitter, coming up next, has to do with being on an airplane. It's 1251. The Shane Dennis Show will be right back on ESPN Wichita. FM. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. Beware of the fog. You're a swish from the right wing. The Kansas Jayhawks hit the hardwood every game right here. What ball movement. They share it and they throw it down. There's nothing like Kansas basketball. A big time thundering slam. Be a part of the journey all season long on your home for Kansas Jayhawk basketball. Tuesday, the Jayhawks entertain BYU. Coverage begins at 7 on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. I tend to second-guess dinners with friends because they're often interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon Pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall, if you're allergic to pork, or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit Creon.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N.com. Sponsored by AbbVie. You see, when I get you back home, 
I'm gonna find the tallest tree in the country. And then <laughs> I'm gonna hang you from it. <laughs> Sheriff! I'm listening. Do the letters F-O mean anything to you? <laughs> Woof. 1254. Born in the state, now dead. Jackie Gleason. That was Buford T. Justice, R.I.P. Jackie Gleason of the Honeymooners, but most famously for Jack and me and many of those of a certain age, Smoking the Bandits' own Buford T. Justice. 12.55, so we got a somewhat quick segment here. And this Twitter question was born out of experience from yesterday slash last night. But every time that you have to get on a plane, which I did. Uh, I was in, I was on four different planes over the last five, six days. And uh, with that in mind, and I'm pretty sure I've said this or tweeted this before, but it's worth revisiting. And I want Jack's thoughts on this because he was on a plane recently going to and from spring training. At ESPN Wichita, what's the worst part about flying? And if you have a suggestion on uh, text, Texas 2470923, or write it in in the mentions if you want to. But at the very least, vote for me and repost on X. What's the worst part about flying? I'm claustrophobic. It's a germ tube. Recline the seat guy or stand up in the aisle early guy. Jack, what's the worst part of flying? God, Any of those four that... or another? All four, four of those four, are really four pretty good. good ones, huh? Yeah. Um, I would say also people that you don't know sit down next to you and you'll have headphones in and they'll just keep chatting your ear off. Like I think there's an invitation to be talked to. Like if I sit down, no headphones, and have a friendly face on and somebody sits down next to me and they ask where I'm going, I'm like, cool, it It'll chat a little bit. If you are somebody that chats with a stranger throughout the entirety of a long flight, I'm like, man, I downloaded shows, I downloaded movies, I downloaded music to have a peaceful flight. And then you have somebody who, you know, after the introductory thing, after where are you going, how you been, where do you work for, it's like, okay, I, I need to hold, hear the whole life story. Yeah, so that to me would be up there pretty high. People that stand when you land in the aisle for no reason, it's like, where are you going? We're all waiting for the same thing here. I get to stretch for a little bit, but some people, it's like, just sit You can down. tell the difference. Oh, you can yeah. tell the, the people that aren't just standing up to stretch. Yeah. Yeah. The, all those are great options. I would say also, too, some some sassy TSA people that it's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you you really want to start? You, you think you got that authority to start barking in my face right now? I'm like, you just told me to keep the electronics in the back. Now you want me to take them out and all that? So I'm like... Okay, settle back down a little bit. I'm like, I'm not that intimidated by you. Yes, you could dictate whether I fly or don't fly today, but just say it nicely. I know some people aren't listening or they need to be loud and clear and concise, but you also need to be an ass about it. And I think there are some TSA people that really enjoy their job of like telling people what to do and you know harping on them, and that's just not for me. Uh, I had a TSA guy in Jacksonville. It was really nice uh, multiple times to people, not just me. So that was refreshing. But not all of the four um, apply to me, but I felt a little of all of them. Claustrophobic. First of all, I was in the and I was in the middle in at least one of those flights, 
And the flight, which all uh, the airline will remain nameless. Last night, we got in to Wichita at a certain time, and it took us 50 minutes to get off the plane because of I don't remember what. The, the pilot gave us an, a reason. And I don't know if it was a short staff thing or another plane got there at exactly the same time. Wichita is not a very big airport, so uh, they had a crew that was supposed to help this other plane uh, disembark or whatever they call it, and we were left there just sitting next to our gate for 50 minutes before we got off. And then the bags were late. So from the time that I landed until the time that we left the airport, it was an hour and a half. And for those of you around here, know that Eisenhower Airport is not very big. And between it taking you that long to get off the plane, to get your bags and get out of there, that's an impossibility, an hour and a half. Uh, but I had a little bit of claustrophobia, like, get me off of here. Uh, you hear every sneeze and cough on said flight. So there's a germ tube take. And recline the seat guy. Like, I don't think it's kind of like you, Jack. I would think by now you should know don't stand up early and be in a hurry guy because you're not going anywhere. So just relax. I would think it's an unwritten rule that you can't recline your seat back either. Like, that's a common sense thing. Like, you're going to crush my knees if you recline the seat. Just like the common courtesy that I'm not going to recline my seat for the person sitting behind me. So, vote, repost. Let me know on the text line. A couple of texters say that they're not crazy about flying. So, that would be the worst part. But, so far, stand-up in the aisle early guy is leading at 38%, the worst part about flying. It's a tie for second between recline the seat guy and it's a germ tube. And in fourth is I'm claustrophobic, 14.3%. Keep the votes coming. Vote and repost if you would do so, please. All right. We have Drew Lynch is coming to the Orpheum Theater. He is hilarious. And he's coming to Wichita on March the 6th. And you can go to selectseat.com if you want to, to get tickets. But I've got a pair for you for free if you just be caller number three to Jack to go see Drew Lynch at the Orpheum Theater on March the 6th, 316-669-4996. Good luck. One hour down, one to go here on a Monday. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton.